self-destruct sequence activated part two. It's the Great Reset on Grand Fork's best source. David Waterman with the Midwest Public Health Coalition back in the studio today, and we've got a ton of stuff to talk about. By the way, your show today brought to you by Executive Properties. Are you still putting off that project around the house that's been bugging you forever? Do you think you can wait until spring and call a contractor and have the work done ASAP? Well, good luck with that. Executive Properties has openings right now to get that project done. In fact, you can check out their Google reviews. Aaron says Chris and his team did a spectacular job on the damage to my aunt's garage and siding. Kept us up to date on the progress and the finished product was amazing. Thank you for your professionalism and hard work. Hey, get that project done sooner than later. Call Executive Properties, 701-330-1273. All right, by the way, if you have any questions or comments, our phone number here is 701-213-0863. We are not on, uh, oh, I thought you were going to say something, not on Facebook or YouTube. uh, What? I was going to say something really quickly. Um, Executive Properties, I know right now, if you reach out to them, they're paying cash for snow removal. Yeah, that's right. Shovelers. You're going to get like 20, 25 bucks, 20 bucks an hour, something like that. Cash. Nice job. Yeah, get a hold of Executive Properties. You know the number. Uh, Speaking of numbers, if you have any questions or comments uh, for David or myself, feel free to text or call. Our number is 701-213-0863. And again, we're not on Facebook or YouTube, but if you want to listen live, Go to the GFBS uh, or GFBestSource.com. Click listen now. It's live. If you want to chat, click the Twitch link in the upper left corner. Uh, we're on Rumble, too, if you uh, want to check that out. It's posted on the GFBS Facebook page. Uh, before we get too much further, it's time now for our daily segment called Jokes My Neighbor Tells Me. Did you hear about the conjoined twins who got hit by a car crossing the road? Yeah, uh, they were conjoined twins. They got hit by a car crossing the road. It was a real tragedy. Uh, why didn't they look both ways? Okay. Conjoined twins. They got hit by a car crossing the road. It was a tragedy. Why didn't they look both ways? <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> all right. I'm going to do like I do on all the great resets. There's uh, numbers through March 1st. I don't know why they haven't updated them yet. Um, deaths from the COVID vaccine. Still at 19,476. Again, they have not updated that since March 1st. Uh, Donald Trump going to be turning himself in today if he already hasn't. The whole hush money thing, uh, which uh, obviously you could talk to uh, ex-president Clinton, uh, talk to uh, our president now, Joe Biden. uh, Well, Hunter. Um, Yeah, in this hush money thing, I think it's a big joke. Uh, Pronoun story here. I want to talk about this. Uh, North Dakota's House lawmakers yesterday, uh, they failed to override the governor's veto of a bill. That would have restricted teachers and staff from referring to transgender students by the personal pronouns they use. What are you? I'm a pronoun. Uh, House lawmakers fell short of the two-thirds majority needed to override the veto. Uh, This happened days after the Republican governor, Doug Burgum's office, announced the veto and the Senate overrode it. Now, the bill would have prohibited, uh, prohibited public school teachers and employees from acknowledging the personal pronouns a transgender student uses unless they receive permission from the student's parents as well as the school administrator. Now, I could come up with a whole bunch of pronouns that I would call you, but I won't. Uh, I would also let prohibited government agencies from requiring employees to acknowledge the pronouns of transgender colleagues use. Um, and, and we will talk about that, I'm sure, David. Um, uh, this is something that, that kind of got me. I, I, it struck me as funny. Um, our part-time newspaper, they're having what they call Trust Week. Trust. T-R-U-S-T. 
uh, to talk about how they correct mistakes, putting out accurate news. Now, here's according to what our part-time newspaper, this is what trust stands for. The T stands for train. Readers on how to distinguish truth from friction or from fiction. (laughs) T stands for trained readers on how to distinguish truth from fiction, especially when it comes to news. Okay, uh, let's do one of these. Uh, R stands for reinforce. What makes local news trustworthy compared to other sources? U stands for understand what readers want and expect from their news. S stands for sell. Subscriptions that support keeping trusted news in your community. And T stands for tell. The stories of how local news or lack thereof has impacted communities. Trust? Are you kidding me? Train readers on how to distinguish truth from friction. Um, you guys, you messed up so bad in the paper last week, we used you as an example. Uh, are you kidding me? What's real news? What's accurate news? You don't even know how to pre-read news. So how do you know if it's accurate or not? Okay, and I got one more little thing out here. Uh, Bud Light. Uh, how many people around here drink Bud Light? Not me. I do drink Anheuser-Busch products, as you have seen here in the studio. But Bud Light now has partnered with a trans activist named Dylan Mulvaney. Okay, so they're cans, and I think Paul maybe saw, have you seen pictures of the cans? Because yeah, I don't got, think they're they for got, sale, though. Oh, I don't, I don't think they're going to be for sale. I think they just did them for a promotional thing. But what do they got, rainbows and all that kind yeah, of crappy? Rainbows and whatever. And- yeah, yeah. <laughs> pronoun stuff kind of on there but um so here's what kid rock did because kid rock is well he's a beer drinker he shot up a whole bunch of cases of bud light and uh said something uh, to the effect of f you bud light and f you anheuser-busch i want to know they go from clydesdale horses to transgender rainbows that's a man's beer there. They wouldn't dare do that with Bush Light, would they? <laughs> you heard about some of these Bush big... Light has fish. Yeah, yeah fish, <laughs> fish. You know, you hear about these these big food companies and things getting blown up. I would imagine Anheuser Bush probably would have if they would have done that to Bush Light. But all right, here we go. Uh, David Waterman, welcome. How are you today? Thank you. Well, I'm personally, I'm fine. Uh, I'm living the, <laughs> I, 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 you know, I'm. <laughs> Let's get into it. It's like okay. you don't even know where to start. I don't even know where to start. That's that's exactly the problem. So so I don't know if you saw uh, last week, but uh, Governor Doug Burgum mm-hmm. was on Fox News. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. He was interviewed by uh, what's the guy's name? Steve something. The the British guy. Oh the, yeah, who, yep. who never wears it. He always wears a suit, a, you know, a blazer mm-hmm. over a t shirt. Mm-hmm. That guy. Yep. I generally what's the guy's name? I generally like that guy. Uh, I think it's Steve something. Anyway, uh, but he had Bergam on, and he was just he was just like falling all over him. Oh, mm. Bergam's such a great guy. Look at these he's doing this great Teddy Roosevelt uh, Park in the yep. you know in, in up in the western part of the state, and this is so wonderful. Yeah, he's a true rough rider. He's a conservative. Mm-hmm. He, no, he's not. He just vetoed yeah. a bill that is going to put children at risk. Mm-hmm. I mean the the fact that it's vetoed, the bill that you're talking about, the the, the transgender pronoun bill. Yep. And I'm going to read this directly off of NDCAN's website again: ndcan.org, ndcan, ndcan.org. 
is the best source for learning what's going through the North Dakota legislature, what they're voting on, what the bills actually say. You can read the entire contents of the bill on their website, and you can read a summary of the bill on their website. Okay. And it's all very uh, – it's incredibly accurate. I, there's, no, there's no spin on any of this stuff. It's all the real deal. Here's what the bill will do. The bill prohibits a government entity from requiring an employee – to use an individual's preferred pronoun when addressing or mentioning the individual in work-related communications. It prohibits a government entity from requiring an employee to designate the employee's preferred pronoun at work-related communications. And a violation of this section is a discriminatory practice. It prohibits school boards, public schools, or public school teachers from adopting a policy or practice regarding expressed gender. Mm-hmm prevents them from providing or authorizing classroom instruction and recognizing expressed gender. Expressed gender versus the actual sex of the individual, right? Mm-hmm. In other words, a boy can say, well, I'm, I identify as a girl, so then you got to call me Susie. Yeah, so if I want to be called Vanessa yeah. and they call me John, they yeah. can get in trouble. They get in trouble, right. But this bill would prevent that from happening. Mm-hmm. It prohibits school boards, public schools, or public school teachers from providing or requiring professional development recognizing expressed gender, and it prevents them from, uh, oh, I'm sorry, and it protects teachers from being required to use the student's preferred pronoun when referring to the student if it is inconsistent with the student's sex. I'll say that again. It protects teachers from being required to use the student's preferred pronoun when, when referring to the student if it is inconsistent with the student's sex, biological sex. Mm-hmm. And Burgum vetoed that. Yeah. Why? Why would he do that? <laughs> Can we and, get him and, on the phone? And, you know, I, I wish. You know, there's people in this town that, that think he is the, uh, the next best thing to, you know, toasted bread, I guess those bread. folks are either highly deceived and or they just aren't paying attention yeah, to do what's we, going on. Do we call on. him a rhino? No, I think he's I think he's worse than a rhino okay. because this is not this is not even rhino stuff. Mm-hmm. This is this is communist, tyrannical, um, destroy the children kind of yeah. stuff. And, and you know, David, I've always said I don't care what you do when you go home when you get into your house. I don't care your religious beliefs. I don't care your sexual preferences. I don't care if you want to be called John or Vanessa. It does not matter to me. But it should not be drug into our schools. It should not be drug into public places. Um, and, and you know what? I still, to this day, nobody's come up to me and, and give me a hard time because I'm against it. So, and if you do come up to me and say something, I'll get right back in your face. So let's just – so you said that you're, 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 you're against it, right? I am. Okay. So let's just – instead of just saying that that's a bad idea, let's talk about why it's a bad idea. Okay. What, what is wrong with forcing teachers to call Johnny Jane and to call Susie – how? Mm-hmm. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with going along with this idea that there are, who knows, an infinite number of genders, yeah. right? And you can choose whichever one you want, regardless of your biological sex. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with the, what's wrong with the concept? What's wrong with actually enforcing that mechanism in society? All right. Uh, even if we start with schools, um, okay, let's look at um, all the, the school shootings, mass shootings, transgender shootings, which yeah. they are finding out most of these people that are doing the shootings are. Yep. Okay, to make it so difficult to get into a school because you've got all these libtards that are they're, they're complaining, you know, the schools need more protection, blah, 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 blah. Okay, they're doing that. No Joe Blow 
or me, if I decide to go by Vanessa, I can't just go to the school and say, hey, I'd like to pick up, you know, Thomas Krenelka. They're not going to do that. There's safety issues. Okay, now let's just give you a different name. Okay, that's one thing. It's, it's ridiculously dumb, if you ask me. They, they, they keep changing their narrative on this. You know, well, it's for their better, and it's for this and that. Okay, um, you don't even know what name you are, and, and you're worried about safety and all of these kind of th- That's just the start. I mean, it's ridiculous. You're there. It, you're making it be towards, okay, say you're in a classroom, and there's 50, 49 other students with you. All you're doing is making this about you. It, it, it throws the learning out the door. It, it, it just makes it so it's, it's, it's about you. It, it, you know what? Just shut up and learn. Shut yeah. up and listen and learn. Well, sex and all that stuff has no business in you know schools anyway. They're there for math and English and that kind of stuff. But the thing that's Agreed. the most disturbing to me about this whole tran, tranny movement thing is that these kids, you know, they're they're really impressionable on social media. They all want to be the next, um, oh, you know, social influencer. Yeah, yeah. So they're going to go with what's trending. They want to be the next Dylan Mulvaney. Yeah, so, but that's my point. So they they want they're going to do what they want to do or what they think is trending to try to get more views, more likes. Correct. Well, and if you know coming out as a tranny on TikTok is going to get you more views, that's They'll what they're that's what they're going to do yep. because they want those views. Right. And then these corporations, they should be put on blast for this because what they're doing is they're enforcing it because I guarantee you that there were tryouts for who was going to be the best tranny to be the spokesperson for her, she oh, and sure. for Bud oh, yeah. Light. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Right. Sure. Oh, I'm for sure. For sure. You yeah, did. Absolutely. So again, what is the, what's the harm? What's the danger? Uh, is there inherent danger to the child in pushing this idea that you can pick what sex you are? And call it a gender. Is there anything wrong with that? Before you answer, let me just read something. This is written uh, a few weeks ago. Um, And God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Okay, it wasn't a few weeks ago. It was like many, many, many. That's Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. So so a person can say, well, I don't believe that. That's fine. You don't have to believe it. I mean, truth is truth, whether you believe it or not, right? Mm-hmm. Believing something doesn't make it true. Sure. And disbelieving something that is true doesn't make just, it false. Just ask our president. He'll tell you the same thing. <laughs> so, so, so this is true. I, I, I can testify. I, I know I, I – and I'll, I'll debate anybody on this, okay. on this point. Uh, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that the word of God is absolutely true. Okay. And without flaw, without fault, without error in any part – but this is a very unambiguous statement. God created, it's actually two statements. God created man in his own image, male and female. Mm-hmm. He created mm-hmm. them, male and female. Throughout the entire animal kingdom, we have what sexes? Male and female. Male and female. There, mm-hmm. there, There's no tweeners. <laughs> there aren't any really, are there? No. You can go searching for some in between. Well, a duckbill platypus sexes. is a little you don't know, but anyway, yeah. No, no, duckbill platypus is a mammal that uh, that's a, that's an I like that one because it's the <laughs> only mammal that I know of that lays, lays eggs. eggs. Yeah, yeah, they lays they lay f- 
Yeah, fertilized eggs, yep. and then the eggs hatch, and then they're yeah. But they're, all the other animals that come from eggs, I mean, that hatch out of they eggs, they have male and female reproductive not, parts. They're still male and female, mm-hmm. right? They're still yep. are male and female. You don't have to be a mammal to be male and female. Sure, birds sure. are male; they're not mammals, but they have male and female yep. because birds don't they don't breastfeed, right? They right. have the mammary glands, which is why we use the word mammal because it comes from mammary. That's what makes a mammal a mammal. Yeah, right? yeah. But and, but the, and the fish aren't mammals, but they're also male and female fish. I mean, it's not the female fish that are swimming upstream to the, the, the uh, what do you call them? Uh, the fi- salmon. Salmon, thank yep, you. That, yep. that swim upstream to spawn. It's the male salmon that are swimming upstream to spawn. Oh, they both do. Do they both swim yeah, upstream? because the female goes up there and lays the eggs, then the male comes oh, up and yes, he's got right. to put his... He, yeah, he's got to fertilize, fertilize those bad boys. That's yeah. right. So, so thank you. So the female, so that's very interesting because, because the, that means they got some tough female oh, yeah. salmon. I mean, yeah. those are tough fish. Yeah. We need to be more willing to, to, to be like salmon, male and female, and swim upstream. Yeah, yeah. We need to be willing to swim upstream, swim upstream because the stream that's coming against us now is this whole thing that if you don't accept the pronoun issue, you're a, you're a hater, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you're dangerous. And so who said, wait, so who said that telling boys and girls, you can be whatever you want to be, who said that that's true? Where, yeah, where did the, where's, the, where's the research that says, oh yeah, there are no genders, there's no, there aren't just two sexes, there are many of them. Really? Who said that? What research has been done what science is behind that statement? I, I'd like someone to show it to me. You know why they don't? You know why they're not plastering that all over the news? Because it doesn't exist. Right. There right. is none. Yeah. It is a, it's a, a terrorist tactic. It's a domestic terrorist tactic to confuse and, and pervert and complicate and, and I think ultimately... Uh, to destroy uh, a whole generation of children because they no longer know who they are. And if you don't know who you are, you don't know how to live. You don't yeah, know how to, trouble. how to respond to... Yeah, who... What We have roles in society, don't we? Mm-hmm. I mean, sure. any healthy society has roles in every part of society. Yes. In the family, children have a role. Yes. The parents have a role. The mom has a role. The dad has a role. If you've noticed, those roles, those boundaries have been being attacked viciously for over 50 years in America. The women's rights movement was nothing less than attacking those roles Mm -hmm. of men and women. Yep. If you look at at, at our society, prior to the whole women's rights movement, which has become not just militaristic, but deeply harmful, it's... um, the, it's done nothing. It's done nothing to bring about, uh, to bring about the, what it was claiming to bring about, which is freedom and success mm-hmm. and and greater happiness for women. I think their name is Andrea Tanteros, uh, who wrote a book called uh, I think it's called Tied Up in Knots: How Getting Everything We Wanted Has Made Women Miserable. And that's the and that's the story. She she explains how everything that the women's rights movement sought to do, supposedly providing freedom for women, uh, has done nothing but make women uh, 
more unhappy, uh, sicker, um, uh, both mentally and, and physically, and, um, and put them in a place of, of greater vulnerability than they ever were before. And the way that the, the people that are pushing these agendas, the way that they get them done, is they bring up, they bring up the exceptional examples, exceptional I say in a bad way, uh, examples of, of men abusing women. Uh, abusive relationships mm-hmm. and they hold those up as the standard sure. as if this is happening everywhere yep. and therefore we have to crush that we have to get away with that and the way that we do it is is that we 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 break down those 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 guidelines those roles those barriers um that prevent people from moving into areas that are going to cause them harm we think of barriers as as bad things but like when God says, thou shalt not, we think, oh, well, yeah, who are you to tell me? Well, he's God. Uh, yeah. But, but when we think about someone, cred. <laughs> someone saying you can't do this or you can't do that, we think of that as a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But, but not only do roles in society, uh, not only are they, are they essential for a society to, to thrive and survive, um, they're also, uh, they're, I mean, they're, they're common sense if you just stop and think about it for a minute. I heard the story a while ago about um, a young couple. They were uh, not married. They were a couple of teenagers, a, a guy and his girlfriend, and they were living I th- in, in probably California. Uh, and they knew it was a very hot summer night, mm-hmm. hot summer night. They knew that uh, their neighbor had a swimming pool, and they didn't have a swimming pool. A swimming, swimming pool. So, so they thought... Let's go for a swim, okay? And they had a big, you know, fences all of the big fences all the way around the backyard where the swimming pool is. And signs that say, you know, private property, keep out, blah, 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 no trespassing. Well, they climbed over the fence. It's the middle of the night. And uh, the guy runs over to the diving board. He bounces, takes a huge bounce. Just in time to hear his girlfriend scream because she noticed something that he didn't notice. There's no water. There's in no the water pool. in the pool. Splat. And uh, yeah, that guy, uh, he's quadriplegic now. Oh boy. So he ignored the signs, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The boundary was set up to keep him yep. safe. Yep. Doubly dumb. <laughs> and he transgressed that boundary mm-hmm. and. Uh, and it ruined him. It ruined his happened. body. So that's just an example of of. Uh, but but I'm saying that that example can be can be spread out to our both you know to our understanding of who mm-hmm. God is, the things that He tells us to do or to not do, and it, and it extends into society where we recognize oh male and female. You didn't come up with the idea of male and female. No, nope. I didn't come up with the idea of male and female. That was God's idea. Mm-hmm. He created us male and female. And so to say, well, we reject that concept. We reject that, th- what's obvious. We reject it. Mm-hmm. We, we're not going to accept the reality of male and female. We're going to make up our own idea about how, how gender works, how sex works. So, what, what, What's the result of that going to be? Well, you, you, you got me. One thing that, that really struck me that you said, David, was um, uh, if you don't agree with us, you're, you're considered a hater. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't like these words. So uh, I'm, I'm dangerous because I'm a hater 
of words. <laughs> it's kind of what it, you know what I mean? Um, I, uh, the pronoun to me meant something completely different a year ago. Right. Well, so, so he and him and his mm-hmm. referred to males. A girl named Gloria. I mean, <laughs> you know. Uh, and and this is a brand new this is a brand new thing that they're pushing yeah. on kids with no science. No, well, here's what we do know. I'm if going, you talk by, to, if you talk I'm going to, by Paulette now, and you, you guys talk, I you, need need to understand that I'm a girl, and if you don't like it, you can suck my dick. I, I don't have the no- <laughs> <laughs> wow. So anyway, I don't have the numbers. <laughs> I don't have the numbers, but. Need to keep I understand his point, room. even though it was <laughs> crude, to say the least. To a point, I, yes. I don't have the numbers, but but people that begin to identify, children that begin to identify as a, as a different sex than mm-hmm. the one that they're born with biologically, do you know what how the, their levels of depression, oh, anxiety, sure. and suicidal ideation increases pretty dramatically? Yeah, uh, well, look at, again, going back to the mass shootings. You know, they're saying now a lot of these guys or girls that were doing the shooting were trans. Um, and, and, but here's they're the thing. They're saying that more than, more than this one were? Oh, yeah. I've got yeah. a list of them. Oh, yeah, a whole list of them. Oh, really? Big, long list. But what gets me now is, okay, say you think, you, you know, you're born a boy. Uh, maybe at a certain age you don't think you should be. You, you shouldn't have any help from anybody else. Should there be an age limit where you can decide... Okay, I'm going to, you know, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be a transgender. I'm gonna change. I'm gonna do that. I just don't think. I think you should be old enough to make up your mind. Uh, possibly even when you're 18 or whatever before you could do any of this. But I just it, it drives me nuts when parents and teachers and everybody else is pushing their agendas on these kids because we see it all the time. We see these these teachers that are pushing this because it's their belief. It's not the school board's belief, but the school boards aren't doing a damn thing about it. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I, I think that it's, look, um, we've lost this concept. We've lost the concept uh, in, in this discussion about, uh, uh, we've lost the concept of mental illness. Like mental illness doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Right? Well. No, it doesn't. There's no such thing as mental illness. That, who, who are you to judge how I think or how I feel or what I do or what sure. I believe? Mm-hmm. Who are you to judge me for that? Yeah. Well, but wait a minute. If you think that, that eating people is okay, oh, you're a hater. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, look, who, who are you it, as I go to the drugstore it, and get my 18 different prescription meds got, that I have to be it, on? It's gotten to the point that, that you have to say in this new paradigm. Yeah. There's no such thing as mental illness anymore. No. A, a boy who thinks he's a girl, who identifies as a girl, and therefore wants to go and play girls, you know, girls sports because he's a girl, mm-hmm. even though anatomically there's nothing about him that's fine. He's got the, you know, it, it, you check the chromosomes out of the XY chromosome mm-hmm. combinations of these the ones that identify as girls, guess what? Their chromosomes say they're boys. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't understand why this conversation couldn't just be put to an end already with just talking about, okay, so you got somebody that has multiple personalities. That's mm-hmm. a mental disorder, right? Yeah, it is. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. And mm-hmm. so, you know, if a guy says, okay, well, I'm Jeff, and then I have another personality that's Greg, and, and then yeah. I have another personality 
that's you know Al, Al, and, 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 Harvey, all, and all of them, all of them have like their their different personalities yeah, and everything. Right. But then I also have another personality, and that's Sally, and that's where I'm a girl. That one's okay. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. you're normal. Yeah, that, no, that one's yeah, okay. Yeah. You're okay with that one. It's yeah. the other ones that you that are a mental illness, but you being Sally is just fine. Yeah, right. So the Colorado Spring. Yeah, no, that's a great point. the The problem is this is the real danger that the general public begins to accept this nonsense. They begin to accept this demonic, um, uh, incredibly harmful concept as reality yeah. and they just say hey that's the way it is here uh here's four colorado spring shooter identified as non-binary denver shooter identified as trans aberdeen shooter identified as trans nashville shooter identified as trans wow i don't know that seems kind of like a pattern to me mm. yeah that seems like a pattern mm-hmm. but it's not mental illness you know, i'd also I- like to know if they were on any type of uh, prescriptions yeah right yeah, no, it's not mental. In fact, I think the pack. So, if you want to go, if if you want to follow the same line of thinking, there's nothing wrong with what these people did, because you can't accuse someone who's trans of anything. Yeah, yeah, right, right. So the fact that they shot someone—that's just part of being trans. Yeah, <laughs> it must be. See, we, we we're living in that land of lunacy. You know, I'll be honest with you. I am still. Uh, I I'm still. I can't get over the 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 fact that I said that. Uh, Female salmon don't swim upstream to spawn. I'm embarrassed. About That's that. okay. You know what? I'm not a fisherman, though. No, and I thought that you that can was. Ad- good. You can identify as one. I could. <laughs> and, and, and you know, there uh, you could. Yeah. I do know. I do know. Now that I know uh, that both male and female. Yeah, they. The, the, my point in saying that is that um, okay, even fish. No, I, I, there's not a. I was hoping to use that as an example, but obviously that's not a good example because they both swim upstream. But, but I, I guarantee there are no, ma- no female salmon that are trying to fertilize another female's eggs. Ah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's never happened. And then, you know, the thing is with salmon, uh, when they go upstream, because they come from the ocean, they go back up the stream where they were born or where they were hatched. Um, they lay their eggs. The male comes in and he lays his roll and spreads his roll all over. Then they die. When they come in, when they come in, the male dies, they both do. When they come in, uh, then they die. They're not like a walleye or a northern that can, you know, it it takes them years to be able to, to have eggs. And when they do, they come up and when they're done, that's why you see the, the, the grizzly bears and the brown bears just having a smorgasbord because there's dead fish everywhere. So when they come up no and kidding. they spawn, then they die. That's the end of their life cycle. Wow. So they're, so they are, the bears are picking up dead fish. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They're, they're fattening up, you know? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's, uh, do they float or do oh, they, yeah. do they yeah, have just to, like anything else? But aren't they, are they, wow, that's, that's amazing. Once okay, they so get enough gases in them and they bloat, anything will float. Yeah. But once that happens, then they're kind of putrid, aren't they? I mean, Not they're for a bear. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> you know, wow. Give me some saltines. I'm on that stuff, man. <laughs> Oh, wait, maybe, is that where Ludafus came from? <laughs> Wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, let's just take this salmon and put it on a rock in 80-degree weather for about four days. But make sure you smell it before you eat it. That's like uh, the, <laughs> we'll say this before we, because this will go right into Old for Heaven's Cakes, but because 
this is not what you want, but I always remember a Simpsons episode where he's working at, uh, what is it, Krusty? Krusty Clowns? Yeah. And we're out of special sauce. Somebody put some more mayo in the sun. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Put some more mayo in the sun. Oh, man. That, and that is not what you will get at Over Heaven's Cakes. No, no not at all. it is not. Over Heaven's Cakes. <laughs> You're not going to get mayo in the sun, man. I tell you what, best cupcakes, cakes, treats, whatever you want, special occasion, or if you are just got a sweet tooth, Over Heaven's Cakes is the place to stop in. You can call them up and order what you want or stop in and enjoy some, some lunch and soup while you're there, too. Uh, all homemade, keto, gluten-free, vegan options. They're all there, diabetic. Uh, if you're a business owner, check out their monthly employee discounts. Uh, you know what? It's not that far away for graduation, and it's never too early to order your graduation cake. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you order a graduation cake, it's probably going to be the best cake you've ever had. They're open, uh, let's see, Tuesday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 4, Saturdays 9 to noon. Call them up, 701-757-CAKE, or go to OverHeavensCakes at Yahoo.com. They're right on the north back side here at the Grand Cities Mall. Tell you what, be a beautiful cupcake in a world full of muffins. OverHeavensCakes in the Grand Cities Mall. Self-destruct sequence activated part two. It is the Great Reset. David Waterman with the Midwest Public Health Coalition sitting in this morning again like he does every Tuesday along with Paul, the producer, and myself. Um, yeah, okay. I've got something for you. And hey, I wish really, I- really quickly, as I want to point this out, because um, we got a lot of people that are watching us on Rumble. Um, that's kind of uh, becoming a pretty popular platform for mm-hmm. us now. Uh, I don't know who's watching, though, unless they comment something. Um, but I do have it pulled up now so I can actually see the comments in Rumble. So if you guys have anything to say in Rumble... Go ahead and uh, shout it out, and we'll we'll let, make sure you get heard. Yeah, all right. Very good. Um, so, <laughs> I have something that I that I that I want to read. This is uh, this is a series of exercises for women, and um, these these were not printed last week. Dumbbell exercise. Yeah, they don't Dumb- look like they were printed last no, week. No, and and I'm I'm sorry that there's no date on on any of them, but. Uh, but it, they probably are older than I am. Uh, yeah, yeah, they look, they've been around. Listen to this, this is from Elsie English. She's the one that wrote this. And uh, I, I'm just reading this to get kind of a, uh, kind of a, um, uh, here's the one I was really looking for. Um, kind of a, a snapshot of how women used to think. Okay. Okay, in our culture. This one is, I'm going to read from this one. It's, it's entitled, A New Lovelier You. Can you imagine anybody publishing this today? A New Lovelier You. <laughs> Can you imagine that for no. women? Um, so here's, here's the, the introduction. Or maybe it's for guys. It's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I saw a guy at the mall yesterday dressed kind of like that one you had on the inside first front page there. But anyway. Um, dedicated to, so here's, so the, the opening has a quote from Emily Dickinson. No, most people listening to this podcast probably don't even know who that is. It should not be a new lovelier dumb, them. Be, what? should be a new lovelier them, not you. No. Uh, <laughs> here's what Emily Dickinson, this is the beginning. And so this was a, a, a way that women thought, and would, this would appeal to a woman. Okay. This, this quote from Emily Dickinson. If I can stop one heart from breaking, I shall not live in vain. If I can ease one life the aching or cool one pain or help one fainting robin unto his nest again, 
I shall not live in vain. Okay, Emily Dickinson was a poet, and she lived mm -hmm, mm -hmm. a while ago. So here's who this book is dedicated to. <clears throat> dedicated to every woman or girl who wishes health, beauty, and charm, and has the ambition enough, has ambition enough to realize her dream. The door stands open. Greater beauty and charm can be yours. Go always forward, and may luck attend you. What? What does that mean? What, what does that mean? <clears throat> That's confusing. Okay, so she starts by saying this. The very keynote of beauty throughout your entire life should be yourself. Be your most attractive self at all times, but be yourself. Strive to please. That is really the definition of charm. Some people say this is the business of pleasing others. That we may in turn receive is pagan. The Christian life should be to give and serve. True, but how can you give until you have something to give? The greatest musician can play off-key, and what does he give? On the other hand, what does he give when he plays a lovely sonata with his instrument in tune and every tone projected in its loveliest manner? Perhaps some will say to fit ourselves for life is self-improvement, is selfish. Oh, by self-improvement is selfish, but we're striving to, but we're, uh, we are but striving to get, yes, but through our self-improvement, we give more to each and every life we touch. If we would be charming, we must always make a place for the other fellow. It goes on to explain, this is how women are, should be thinking yeah, yeah. in order to be charming. When was the last time you heard anybody on the internet or anywhere talk about the value of being charming? Yeah, when's the last time I'd heard anybody use the word charming? Char exactly. Yeah. She says, charm is likened unto gravity, very forceful but impersonal. The laws of gravity change for no man. Thus it is with charm, a magic which throws a radiant light upon everything it touches. Gravity treats all alike, so does charm. That one charming thing or element in your makeup, it may so delight all those with whom you come in contact that they are blinded to all your deficiencies. Although charm is a spiritual quality, it radiates itself through a physical medium. There isn't one of us who doesn't have one or several promising qualities that can be brought forth into definite attributes of charm. Begin, but don't stop with the physical ones. Remember, charm is a flower with roots growing straight from the heart. This used to be important to mm, women, yeah, which yeah. is why she sure. wrote, why, why Elsie English wrote this book. And today we live in a society where women are not supposed to think of themselves as being different from men. Mm -hmm. Because, because the narrative that's been pushed by the enemies of freedom, the enemies of liberty, the enemies of, of personal responsibility, the enemies of our, of our um, civilized society, is that if you're different, you're not equal. Mm -hmm. The only way you can be equal is if you're identical. And that is a, that is a lie from the pit of hell. Do you open doors for women? Yes, I, do. Um, I sometimes open doors for men. I mean, if I see a yeah, guy yeah. struggling with something, yeah, sure. I'll hold the door. Today, I felt bad because I came in this, the, the studio and there was a guy with a couple of vacuum cleaners and I thought he was going to just stay there in the little entryway area. Oh, sure. Waiting and for so I yeah. So I just walked through and then I turned and I looked, no, so I'm pushing his way through the outer door and then I felt bad that I didn't so, hold the door. But that him. was his fault because he's a typical man and he tried to call to, haul two vacuums at one time and he <laughs> didn't want to make two trips. Okay, yep. Okay, so I, I got to get your opinion on this. Because it drives me nuts. So when somebody opens a door for you, but you're like 10 feet back from the door, mm -hmm. 
do you have to do a little like, you know, uh, ec- you know, go use we'll, the other door we'll next to it. Like the quick step, you know, yep, like you gotta, you gotta yep. kind of speed yeah, up. That, right. Yeah, right. Right. Or do you just go with your normal pace and just be like, that's why did you open it for me? I can't believe how good of a question that is, but it is. <laughs> no, that, that's a good question. You know, no, when, if somebody does that, if somebody holds the door open for me mm-hmm. and I'm 10 paces away from the door, I speed up. I because, do too. Because I, they're being, I'm not going to run, but I'll speed up. They're trying to be courteous, right? They're trying to be, and I know they're probably willing to wait until I get there. Mm-hmm. But I want to show them that I care enough about their time that I'm going right. to not okay, I'm going to add to this now. So now they open the door for you, but it's like the entryway here. Where door, now, where yeah. now, now there's another set of doors on the other side. So now you went through, so now you have to open the door for them. Yep. It, it, you know, that's kind of an unwritten rule of door opening because uh, <laughs> it's usually what happens. It's so awkward. You open it for me, I'll open the next one for you. It right. is kind yeah. of awkward. I do that. But, you I know, and the, and the reason I ask that is because you look at some places around the United States, if you were to open a car door for a lady or open a door for a lady, they'll get mad at you. Uh, that hasn't reached up here. I don't think it will. I hope it doesn't. Chivalry is not dead. Um, as long as we don't let it die. Sure. It's sure. up to us. Yeah. Right. I mean, um, people are... I've gotten a hard time about it because I open the car door for my wife um, when she's getting in, not when she's getting out, but when she gets in, right. it doesn't matter. I go around unless my hands are full or something and she'll say, I've got it. Yeah. But I do that and, and I've actually gotten a hard time about it. It's like, wow, you really open the door for your wife? Well, yeah. this is kind of what I've done. Well, very first date we went on, she told me. I expect you to open the car door for me. That was 30-some years ago, and I've done it ever since. So there Good you go. For, wow, that's great. See, you are trainable. And that's <laughs> When I do it for my wife, she says, what did you do? Yeah. What did, <laughs> now, if I quit, now if I quit peeing on the rug, right? You know, I, <laughs> well, that makes up for a lot, you know, yeah. if you hold the door open. So, so I was, uh, we were traveling somewhere. I don't remember if it was uh, New York or um, I don't remember. We're, but my wife and I were driving someplace. And we stopped in one of those little islands, you know, those, those, uh, what are those, you know, when you're on the, on the interstate and they have those. Like a rest area called, thing? Yeah, they're called uh, Oasis. That's oh, what it is. Oasis. The Oasis. Yeah. Where it's an oasis for the people selling stuff there because everything is three times, four times the regular price it is everywhere else, right? In the Oasis. Um, anyway, we stopped there to get gas. And, um, and then as we were leaving... Uh, we walked out of the little, we bought something there in some little, the shop. And then as we left, I opened the door for my wife and she got in and then I closed and walked around and I got in and a guy came running over to me from another car. He just like parked and came running over and he said, uh, why did you just do that? He said, I mean, cause I have not, I, I don't see guys do that. And I said, well, because she's my wife and. I'm a man, she's a woman, and that's the that's right thing do. to do. That's what you do. And he said, yeah, my wife told me to come over and talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> Learn a little manners. manners. So, uh, so he, he said that she said how much she appreciated, or he appreciated, actually, uh-huh. that, you know, seeing that, because he said, I don't see people do that anymore. Yeah. And I said, well, you know what? It's up to each one of us. We can all make a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> Mary, oh, good. Marie Stewart wrote, it's humanizing. Yeah. Yes, it is. Thank you. And she also wrote, uh, Bergam started an exploratory committee to see if he should run for a U.S. president. Yes, please run. Yeah, there's been please a lot run. of talk about that. Please, Governor Bergam, run for president. I would love to see that. <laughs> 
Okay. I would. I, I, yeah. I, I, I don't would think love to. Far. I would love to. Yeah, well, okay. I would love to see Doug Burgum on a debate stage with Donald Trump. Oh boy, would that any <laughs> anybody? <laughs> I mean, I didn't say that, but yes, please, uh, Governor Burgum. I think that's a wonderful idea. And, and run for run for president. Step down as governor of North Dakota, and run for president. We need you there in Washington. So, who could take his spot in North Dakota then? Got any good ideas? Yeah, uh, former Lieutenant Governor Sanford, oh, I think, would be yeah, a wonderful yeah. choice mm-hmm. uh, for governor. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Wasn't expecting the question, but that's, that's, I, that's, I, yeah. there are a few people I would vote for for yeah. governor. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I mean, you know, because we, we'll have to do without, without Governor Burgum if he runs for president, but, you know, we all have to make sacrifice in order to make the country a better place. So there yes, you go. Run, 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 yeah. run, 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 run. Run, Forrest, run. run. Please run. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Jeepers. All right. <clears throat> sorry. So, um, the, sorry, were you going to say something? No. All right. So, uh, so society, so we so the title of today's episode is self-destruct sequence activated, activated. part two. Part two. Yep. <clears throat> part two. Part two. What, what is, uh, what's driving, you know, I was going to ask the question, what is religion? What is a religion? I don't. We don't have time to go into it today, but I've got some uh, some information from the Pew Research Center. Did that come on the TV? That's not. the guy that flipped me off that day when I was wearing the "Let's Go Brandon" shirt when he sat here in the window and flipped me off and got in an argument with me. Anyway, sorry, David. Uh, it's all right. Um, these are uh, so the Pew Research Center um, it provides. Numbers, facts, and trends shaping your world, right? So that's their... And they, they specifically research uh, religious trends in the, in the, in the country. And, and their latest thing... And, I, I, you know, I've got I've to take this apart so I can make sure that I'm getting the graph numbers correct because the staple covers it up. But they asked people um, about their religious beliefs and and their uh the habits for attending church or religious services and this one i thought we can do a whole show on this um this is the one that i want to uh, to talk about right here and they asked the question um whether or not they believe in god and the people that they asked were the people that they'd already asked do you attend religious services And so, so at least, so here are the, here are the options that they gave at least once a week, once or twice a month, a few times a year, seldom or never, or I don't know. Okay. Can you imagine being asked, do you ever go to church or attend religious services? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> let me check. Let me I had check a religious on, experience let me, once. Let I me think. check. Let me check my phone. I think I've got an app for that. No, no. I'm just asking you if you, if you ever attend religion, you personally go to a religious service. I don't think I don't know. I don't I don't I don't I don't have that app, so I can't tell you. Okay, whatever. Um but that's yeah, there's a whole group of people that said I don't know. So 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 here's the the people that attend at least once a week belief in God, absolutely certain 87%. Belief in God, fairly certain 11%. Fairly certain um, once or twice a month, a few times a year, belief in God, 
the absolutely certain that God is real. Those who are fairly certain, 25%, and those who believe in God, they're not too certain or not at all certain, 6%. But they still go to a church mm-hmm. or a synagogue mm-hmm. or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the numbers that are the most alarming is the number of people who go to a religious service. Well, here it is. Uh, at least once a week, Buddhists, 18%. Catholic, 39%. <laughs> Spectators. Must have been... In, okay. Yep. Uh, we're not... Okay. Um, at least once a week... 39% of the people that said that they go at least once a week were, well, excuse me, of Catholics, 39% of Catholics okay. go at least, say that they go at least once a week. Mm-hmm. 40% say once or twice a month or a few times a year. Uh, 20% said seldom or never. And then the number that said they don't know is, it's less than 1%, I guess. Um, evangelical Protestants, 58% go at least once a week. Um, Hindu, 18% go at least once a week. Uh, Historically black and Protestants, 53%. Here's an interesting one. Jehovah's Witnesses go more than anyone. 85% go at least once a week. Hangnail. Oh. Um, Mormons, 77% a week. Muslim, 45% uh, go at least once a week. Unaffiliated religious nuns... uh, so here's the thing. If a person claims to believe in God and they are, whether they're a Catholic or evangelical Protestant or, or mainline Protestant, the only one that's over 50% is evangelical Protestant. The rest go, the next biggest category is once or twice a month or a few times a year. And then the next biggest category is seldom or never. I'm not saying that going to church or going to a religious service um, is 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 what determines you know your standing before God. I'm just saying that it's it's indicative of how important your religious beliefs are to you, right? And the fact that that's and that these numbers are lower than mm-hmm. they've ever been in the sure. United States. Yeah, that doesn't I, surprise me. I, I want to bring a graph showing how church attendance is falling, and the problem isn't church attendance. The problem is that church attendance is somewhat indicative of how important God is to them, yeah. to that person in their life, because the person says, ah, you know, I don't even bother. Now, granted, those numbers could be skewed because there's so much stuff that's available online now. So True, that's one. Someone yep. that sits at home and they're watching on yep. YouTube or yep. whatever. A lot of the churches are streaming their services they're now. They're streaming their services. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a problem with that, and this really, and our church streams their services every yep. Sunday yep. live. There's a problem with that, and that is that it's assuming. Well, no, it's not just that. It's not just money. It's assuming that the whole point of a church service is to get information or to hear a message. Mm-hmm. Now, if you've got a good preacher, maybe. But that's not biblical. the The, the Bible says that we come together in order to serve one another. Mm-hmm. How do you serve one another if you're watching online, sitting in your living room in your in your jammies, right? You're not serving anybody except yourself. And I would make this point. 
with all due respect, there are preachers in this country who have radio programs and television programs that are far more educated and more gifted than any preacher locally. There are some that are billionaires. And I'm not talking about those guys. Yeah, okay. All right, I'm not talking about the Joel Osteens, yeah, right? Okay. I have, okay. I have, I have zero respect for him. Thank I think you. he's a false. I think he's a false teacher. Yep. I think he's yep. a false teacher. I don't think that the guy's even saved. I don't mm-hmm. think he's even going to heaven. I don't know. I don't know his heart. Only God knows his heart. But from what I've seen about that guy, um, <clears throat> from things I've heard him say on interviews, like. When I think it was on the Larry King show a few years ago, I'm sorry, I'm not here to bash Joel Olstein because I was some people. Oh, he's so great! No, mm. he's not. Uh, Larry King said, "So, uh, so Joel, um, do you have to believe in Jesus to go to heaven?" And Joel, well, you know, Larry, uh, I can't talk for someone else. I, for me, that's a decision that I've made for myself. But I'm not here to judge anybody else. Okay, well, you're an idiot. You don't know the truth or you're an idiot. I'm sorry. You call yourself a Christian pastor? I'm sorry. This is the gospel. This is what, this is what the Bible says. <clears throat> there's, no, there's no other way. He says, there is one name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. That's the name of Yeshua, or as we transliterate it, Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's it. Jesus said, no man comes to the Father, that's God, except through me. That's it. It's very simple. It's cut and dry. It's that, now, you can say, why well, I, I reject Christianity. Okay, you can reject Christianity. Like I said, you don't have to believe the truth. You, don't have to, you can believe whatever you want. Mm-hmm. It's a free country for now. Um, but to say that you don't have to believe, to say I'm a Christian, and I think that you can believe in all kinds of different religions. I think there are many different ways to God. Well, you can have that view, but you cannot have that view and be a Christian. Right. So uh, let me ask you this. If you don't go to church, can you still believe in God? Absolutely. Okay, can. because yeah. I once had a preacher <clears throat> tell me it doesn't matter how you worship God as long as you do. I know some people, again, you, you, we talk about streaming and things like that, but um, a, a couple of stories. Um, I know some people that have quit because of all they talk about now, it seems like in services, are tidings. Uh, tidings, tithing, tithing, bringing, yeah. giving money. Yeah. Um, I know of a, a couple um, that are well-to-do, and they got so tired of hearing their preacher talk about how the church needs money. We need money, 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 money. This couple actually wrote them a check for about a quarter of a million dollars and said, here's the check. Quit talking about how much this church needs money. And they wow. did. And they did. Oh, so I, I just like what I'm getting at is, is I'm not going to, if I'm going to church, I'm going to worship God. I'm not going there to listen to see how much money you need and how much, what you need. And this has got to be done and that's got to be done. Or otherwise we're just not going to be, that's not why I'm there. I'm there, I'm there to worship God. And, and, but you know, well, oh yeah. So, so tithing is, I really believe that tithing is an important part of worshiping God because, because what tithing and tithe means 10th, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And so it, it actually comes all the way back. It comes from Genesis in the, the, uh, the story where, where Abraham went to rescue mm-hmm. Lot. And, um, and then he was met by, uh, by um, the, 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 the king of Salem, uh, who's called um, Melchizedek. Okay. 
And it doesn't state specifically who Melchizedek is, but it says he's without father, mother, without beginning. I mean, it's, I think it's pretty, pretty clear that that's a, the pre-incarnate Christ yeah. who met him. Sure. And he sure. gives him a tenth. He gives him a tenth, right? So that's where it actually started. But then later in Scripture, God commands his people to give a tenth mm-hmm. back to him. And he says, and I used to say, what do you mean return a tenth? What do you mean return? I earned that money yeah. at work, you know, going to work. Yeah, you didn't give it to me <clears throat> to give you a tenth back. But actually he did, because the scripture makes it very clear that we we have nothing that we haven't received. Mm. So anytime you make money, the only reason you made money is because A, God gave you the job, and B, God gave you the ability to do that work, and God gave you the energy to do the work. So you're just employing something and oper- something that he already gave you, right? So he's saying, everything you have that's good came from me in the first place. I just want you to give a tenth of it back to me. But he doesn't just say, give it back to me. God doesn't need our money, right? God doesn't need our money. No. God doesn't need anything from us, in fact. He needs nothing from us. And he certainly doesn't need our money. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He owns the entire universe. Mm, sure. So he doesn't need our money. But, but he says that we're to bring the, tenth, bring the full tenth into the storehouse. Why? It's actually so that others can benefit mm-hmm. from that. That's, that's the point. And to show that we trust God to provide for us. Again, um, so, boy, I, there, there are like five different paths I can take from the point where I'm standing right now from the discussion that we've had at this point. But I don't think that the role of the pastor is to hammer away at people all day long to give them more money. I, I, I think agree. That the scripture makes it clear that we are to give. But if you look at the percentage of passages in scripture that talk about giving money, and then you look at all the rest of scripture, it's a pretty small percent. Yeah. It doesn't mean that it's not important, but I think to spend that much time, if that was that important, I mean, it, okay. I think there needs to be balance. Right. Sure. Yeah. The church that I go to, um, they uh, occasionally talk about about tithing. It's it's not very often, uh, but when they do, it's because of the importance that it is to show our love for God, to worship Him, because that's an act of worship. But they don't pass a plate, and I really I really like that about our church. There are two tithe boxes in the back of the church with slots in them. And when you walk in or when you walk out, you can drop your check or your cash or whatever in the box. And the reason for that is because the the scripture says, don't let your, regarding tithing, regarding giving, he says, don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. Our church leadership doesn't believe that you should give out of compulsion because the scripture says, God loves a cheerful giver. You should never give out. You should never be compelled to give. And I think that that's where some preachers cross the line because they want to compel you to give. Mm-hmm. The Bible says, don't give out of compulsion. If you feel compelled, then, then you're giving for the wrong reason. You should be giving to God because you want to give to God. And so by having the tithe box in the back of the church, you're not giving because the guy next to you is watching you, right? Or because you're afraid that you'll look cheap. It's completely up to you. Nobody's watching you when you walk into the, the right, the, sure. right? And so you can drop in it in <laughs> on the way there, on the way out, whatever. Yeah. Nobody knows. <clears throat> yeah, that I, when I was at a church for a baptism, you know, it wasn't a church that I went to, mm-hmm. and they were ha- like, you know, they're handing the plates over. You know, they got the guy next to me, he throws a ten in there, and hands it to me, and I'm like, 
I don't even live in this town. <laughs> right. Like I'm not putting money in right. this basket. I mean, <laughs> yeah. 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 So, so by removing the compulsive aspect, people are free to give from their heart to give what you know what they feel that would be honoring to God to give. It's 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 interesting talking about about. Well, I'll talk about tithing more later. There, it is very important. You know, Jesus observed when they're looking at the temple and they're seeing how beautiful the buildings are, how magnificent, and all the disciples are talking about that to Jesus. And Jesus notices this woman. Oh, by the way, back in the day, the like when the, the, the Pharisees, the really rich people gave money, they'd have people blow trumpets and make a lot of commotion mm-hmm. about how, to show how much look and so-and-so is giving so much. And they made a big deal of it because that, that impressed other people. And the reason they gave was to impress other people. It wasn't because they loved God. It's because they want to impress other sure. people. And, and, you know, I've, I've also had a preacher say, you don't have to dress up because it, we're not here for you. The, 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 all the attention should not be given to you on your Sunday best because we were taught to dress up. You know, there's your Sunday best. But you're there to worship God. You're not there for people to worship you or to see what you're wearing today and any of that kind of stuff. And... uh so, you know what? If you want to wear shorts and a T-shirt to church, I could really care less. If you're there worshiping God, that's what you're doing. I would just like to point out that Joel Osteen looks Osteen, like, yeah, yeah, Osteen, yeah. He looks yeah. like Tim the Toolman Taylor and Martin Short had a baby. <laughs> so, well, so one I'm of done. them would have had to identify <laughs> yeah. as Martin or Tim. Okay, anyway. So, so uh, do you know the reason that I don't wear a, a T-shirt and shorts to church? With my Tevas? I'm kidding. I don't have Tevas. Uh, you know why I don't do that? You know why I dress I, I dress as well, if not better, than I would if I was going to go mm-hmm. to a business meeting? I do it as a, a out of respect for God. Sure. I, I do it to respect Him. Not to yep. draw attention to myself. Right, right. Not to make me look good, but because I, I want God to look good, and I want Him to know that I care enough. Yeah, you, you might be on the borderline one day, David. And he's like, well, you know, that guy always did dress nice. No, no, no. He's a sharp dresser. <laughs> that's not, no, no, that's not it. But it's just that, that, that in, you know, in Scripture, it's clear that there, there are things that are made for common use, and then there are things made for noble use or honorable use, right? There's even, even uh, there's the stuff that you, that you the, the daily china that you use, the daily Mm-hmm. You know what do you call it? Stoneware. Yeah, and then you bring then out you the have good the, stuff. The, the good stuff. Why do you bring yeah. out the good stuff? Because your kids are there. No, no. Uh, if they're little, you. No, it's because there's someone special that's coming for dinner, right? Yep. Yeah, you've got someone special coming. Trying to impress them. You well, no. Okay, so that might be why some people do it. That's not. We don't. I. My desire when we have guests coming over and we put out the nice stuff. Mm-hmm. It's not because we want to impress them. It's because we want to honor them by letting them eat off of our best china. Oh. And use our best, you know, silverware and all that sure. stuff because we're trying to honor them okay. by making it special for them. I won't argue That's with my wife about that anymore. Good. <laughs> <laughs> so, sure, some people, I'm sure, do it because they want to impress Let's say, look at me, I'm all impressive. That's the wrong reason, but guess what? The Bible says this, man judges by the outward appearance, mm-hmm. but God judges the heart. Yeah. So he knows if you drew, if you dressed up to impress your neighbors or if you dressed up to show reverence to him. 
he knows if you're putting out your fine china yeah, yeah. to impress other people to make you look good or if you did it because you wanted to to bless them yeah. by showing them that they're important to you right but right? it's all of the heart yeah a knife is, is a knife a fork is a fork as long as i could cut my food and stab my food to put it in my mouth i don't really care so let me read this one last okay, thing we're, because we're, okay. this is because i know we got to wrap up because oh yep. my goodness okay yeah. i gotta go <laughs> All right. Okay. I'll, I'll just finish this one thing. Okay. This is from Malachi. Uh, the the the. I think we said before on the show the Italian prophet Malachi. Malachi. <laughs> Malachi, the last book in the Old Testament. This is what he says. He says, "For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, you, O sons of Jacob, are not consumed." From the days of your fathers, you have turned aside from my statutes and have not kept them. Return to me, and I'll return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, how shall we return? Listen to this next question that God asks through the prophet Malachi. Will a man rob God? What? Will a man rob God? That's what he asks. Will a man sure. rob God? Sure. Yet you were robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. Mm. You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. Do you know, I stopped in the middle of the sentence. Do you know that it's a sin to test God? It said, God says, don't test me. Jesus said, when, when, when Satan was tempting Jesus in the wilderness... He said, Jesus said, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test, right? You're not supposed to test God. He can test us. We're not supposed to test him. Mm-hmm. That's forbidden. Mm-hmm. Except there's one place where we can because God actually tells us to test him. Here's what he says. He says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house and test me now in this says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows, then I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it may not destroy the fruits of the ground, nor will your vine in the field cast its grapes, says the Lord of hosts. And all the, na- uh, all the nations will call you blessed, for you shall be a delightful land. God tells us to test him in giving. And then he tells us that he's going to rebuke the devourer. You know, when everything goes wrong and you keep losing money, your your refrigerator breaks, and that's got to be. Re- and then your mm-hmm. and then somebody your 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 car then has problems, and then you go to the dentist, and it's going to be five thousand dollars to fix that tooth. The roof collapse. You've got all this problem, and it's like I can never get a break. Yeah. Right. But God says, "Test me in this." He says, I'll rebuke the devourer for you, so that it will not destroy the fruits of the ground, or in this case, the fruits of your labor nor will your vine in the field cast its grapes. It's the one area where God says it's okay to test him. Some people interpret this as, oh, wow, that's a get-rich-quick scheme. If I give more money back to God, then he'll give more to me. That's, that's the wrong heart. Right? Yeah. That's the wrong attitude. But God says, if you give to me, and I can testify of this, there have been times when we've said, you know, we just don't, we just can't do it. We don't have enough money to, at the end of the month, we're done. We, we, we got to keep it all to pay our bills and then my wife and I have talked about it. We said, you know, you know what? God has commanded us to do this. And he's even told us to test him in this. So let's do this. Let's just, 
Here's how much we made. We're going to write a check on that. We'll give it to the church. And sometimes it's within days. Sometimes it's within less than 24 hours. All of a sudden, after we do that, uh, money comes in from someplace we totally didn't expect it to not only make up for what we gave, but it's actually greater than that. I've never, ever, ever um, regretted giving to God. So that wasn't my point. Uh, that wasn't what I was going to be talking about today. But I do think that it's wrong for, for preachers to hammer and hammer and hammer away at that because I think it's the wrong focus. But it is important for us to know that God wants us to give so that other people can be blessed right. uh, with our tithes and offerings. So that's uh, so. there's, there's that. <laughs> Thank you. That, you're welcome. I, yeah. So you know what? I, I've still got all this... this to get through. I've got part this three to get through. We're going to have to do part week. three next week. All right. <laughs> All right. And we would keep going, but uh, folks, you know what? Uh, there's bad weather coming in, and we want to beat it. So uh, self-destruct sequence activated part three, possibly next Tuesday. I think it's going to happen. Thank you, David Waterman with the Midwest Public Health Coalition for coming in today. Thank you, uh, Love having you on the show, and uh, thank you to Life Vantage for... Uh, well, for, for sponsoring today's show, you know, if you take collagen, uh, they've got this new one-of-a-kind collagen that not only replenishes, replenishes your body, but it also helps your body create its own collagen. And it does that by using natural products, and then it maintains it, too. If you'd like to find out more about this amazing product, get a hold of Stephanie Kronelka and Life Vantage for more information. Check out stephk.lifevantage.com or text 701-230-9306. Or you can email skbesthealth at gmail.com or click on the link on gfbestsource.com. It'll go directly to Life Vantage, all right? Hey, biohack your life with Life Vantage and Stephanie Krenelka. Oh, let's see. Tomorrow, weather permitting, we're going to be talking with media legend Rob Horkin. You might know him as a different name. Think hard about that, all right? I can't wait. Again, it's all going to be weather permitting. Hey, stay safe out there, everybody. And remember to like, share, tag, and follow us. Hit the notification bell on your smartphone. You'll never miss a show. Grand Cities, we all know it's a great place. Grand Fork's best source is giving it an identity again. 